In the best-selling book, No BS Direct Marketing, legendary marketer Dan Kennedy said this, My single biggest recommendation is the use of a monthly customer newsletter. Nothing, and I mean nothing, maintains your fence better. Dan is absolutely correct. The truth is, for just about any business owner, the greatest potential for new business and higher profits lies within its current customer base. Stronger customer relationships yield higher sales and more profits, and a monthly newsletter is the best relationship-building tool, bar none. Unfortunately, for many entrepreneurs, the struggle of producing a newsletter every month is too much, and it just doesn't get done. But no longer, every month, No Hassle Newsletters members get 24 pages of Jim's famous customer-loving content and his amazing ready-to-go newsletter templates. Your company's No Hassle Newsletter will generate more repeat and referral business in less than one hour per month. Join the hundreds of entrepreneurs already using No Hassle Newsletters at www.nohasslenewsletters.com. That's www.nohasslenewsletters.com. This is John Taffer from Bar Rescue, and you're listening to Stick Like Glue Radio. Welcome to Jim Palmer's Stick Like Glue Radio, the only podcast dedicated to helping you create an everlasting bond with your customers so they stay longer, spend more, and refer more. Jim Palmer is a marketing and business building expert, author, speaker, and an in-demand coach. He's the founder of the Dream Business Academy and Dream Business Coaching and Mastermind Program. Jim is the host of Newsletter Guru TV, the hit weekly web TV show based on Jim's smart marketing and business building advice. Check it out at www.newsletterguru.tv. And now, please welcome the host of Stick Like Glue Radio, Jim Palmer. Well, hello there, everybody. Welcome to another great episode of Stick Like Glue Radio. This is the only podcast dedicated to helping you create an everlasting bond with your customers. Again, so they stay longer, spend more, and refer more, and those are always great things. I don't care what business you're in. I am your host, Jim Palmer, your dream business coach, and as always, I'm committed to helping you build a more profitable business faster. I'm very excited about this week's show, folks. I have a a guest. His name is Kevin Jans, and let me tell you a little bit about Kevin. Kevin has spent 16 years on the government side of federal contracting as a contract specialist and contracting officer. During that time, he bought a variety of wide uh, array of goods and services in a ver- wide variety of industries valued at a total of over a billion dollars. He knows how the government market works from both sides. Kevin now hosts the Contracting Officer podcast with a fellow former contracting officer. and He also serves as the president of Skyway Acquisition Solutions, which he founded in 2011 and has helped clients win over $470 million in contracts. He's also the author of the book, Save Your Time, a former contracting officer explains why the government market may or may not be right for you. Hey, Kevin, welcome to Stick Like Glue Radio. Thanks so much for being my guest this week. Thank you. It's great to be here. So, um, as I mentioned right before we went live, we we have a lot of uh, entrepreneurs and small business owners that listen to this. And you know, I talk a lot about marketing and things like that. And they're probably going, "What is Jim doing talking about about the government?" But you know, I, I know scant little compared to you about government contracting. But I do know the government spends money hand over fist. They buy everything. They you know produce nothing. And so. Um, if what your show and your book and kind of your mission is is to help small business owners understand there may be some opportunities to grow their business in the government sector in, in addition to the private sector, did I kind of uh, encapsulate that correctly? 
Yes, you did. The, the overall mission of the, pod, the Contracting Officer podcast, as well as my company, is to help companies understand how the market is different and how it is the same and why it's great for some companies but not for everybody. That's, and actually, I wrote the book to be able to help people understand. In fact, the, the idea behind it is you get on a plane in New York, and by the time you land in L.A., I wrote it short enough that it's not a lot of how the processes and how you compete for RFPs and that kind of stuff. It's more the idea of these are the general things that are really, really different. So, for example, what we call the 80-20 rule. And the 80-20 rule says in, on the commercial side, like the way we, you and I run our companies, and most entrepreneurs are used to the 80% of the sales you get are from relationships, and 20% is the process. And in the government side, that's flipped. It's 20% relationships. You have to know the customer. You have to know what this agency does. You have to know what the VA does, the, vet, sorry, the acronyms. The Veterans Administration does versus what the NASA does. Those are very different cultures. However, the process to win those contracts whether or not you're a small business, whether or not you understand what lowest price that it acceptable means, all of the stuff that goes into how those contracts are competed, that's the 80%. And that fundamental difference alone is enough to frustrate most companies, and they spend a lot of time and, and spend, spend time flying to industry day events all over the country for things that they're not in a good position to win. So the podcast and the book and all this, a lot of the content we put out is to help small businesses that I saw struggling. When I was a contracting officer, they would call me and send me proposals, and I realized they're they don't understand some of these fundamentals. And rather than have them just guess or pay somebody a lot of money to figure this out, we create the podcast to be able to help them get it sooner. You know, I think when people think of government contracts, they think of major companies like Halliburton, General Electric, and, you know, I mean, major companies like that. Is it really worth, um, you know, let's say there's a small business owner doing you know, maybe a uh, half million dollars a year or something like that, or maybe a million dollars a year, got a couple employees. Is it, I can imagine it must, fr even if there's opportunity, it must be incredibly frustrating going through that entire process. Is that, is it really a time thing, or do you help people figure out if they should even kind of invest the time? Can you tell up front if it's something they should do? Actually, I'll go even one further. I can tell them how they can tell. There's a free website called usaspending.gov. And essentially what that is, is a website of all, not all, most, we'll say most, probably 90% of the dollars, discretionary dollars. Like discretionary sp spending is the stuff that, that companies can actually compete for work for. So we're not, we're not talking about the money that goes through retirement accounts and for personnel and stuff like that. I'm talking about the, the billions of dollars of, of money that you can compete for. It goes through this website. So go to usaspending.gov and hit the advanced search button, figure out what your codes are for the type of work that you do, and you can search through there down to the NAS eyelash of the companies in your state, in your zip code, in, that are small businesses like you, and see who is winning work. And, again, this is a free website. So you can go in there and see, well, is a, the companies that I know, are they winning work? Does the government buy enough of what I do to make it worth it for me as a small business to go after this? And so the, the general answer is that, yes, the government buys everything, right? So as a small company, even as a half-a-million-dollar small business, particularly as a, I would say, 1 million to 10 million, you're really in a good spot because while on a proportional basis, a lot of the money goes to the Lockheeds and the Halliburtons and stuff like that, most of the transactions go to small companies. There are millions of transactions under $150,000 for small contracts under what's called the simplified acquisition threshold, which that's 150000 So if, if you're in this, if, say if you're a veteran or you're a woman-owned small business or you're in what's called a historically underutilized business dump, and, again, this is what we talk about on the podcast, these kind of things. So I'm not going to get into the weeds of what those are, but those are the kind of benefits that you as a small business, you have the ability 
to access opportunities and contracts and compete for things that you could scale very well. So, for example, the entire Department of Defense uses the same payment process. You get paid through what's called wide area workflow. Well, compare that to how your customers are now. You know, some of them pay you by credit cards. Some of them pay you through their own portal. Some of them want to send, send you a check. So as far as scalability, and again, that's one example. There are lots of them like that. That It's such a big customer. Once you get into the, the niche that you're in, you can start to replicate that. But you've got to decide from the beginning what's out there for me, and USAspending.gov is a great place to start. So while you were um, giving that answer, I went to USAspending.gov, and I typed in hearing aids because one of my um, coaching clients is in the hearing aid business. And um, it says 87 transactions, Kevin, total prime recipient transaction amount. If I'm reading this right, $82,133,097. Does that sound correct? I mean, who does the government buy hearing aids? Is, would, and would that be more like a, you know, a, a veterans thing? Or well, tell me about that. Well, and here's the fun part: you can get into the, get more into that website. And you can see who won those contracts. Were they set aside for small businesses? Were they done under a what's called a government purchase card, which is like a credit card essentially, which is a micro-purchase. So that, in other words, a government employee, not necessarily a contracting officer like me, but an active duty member or a government employee has a government credit card. And they can buy stuff under what's called the, the, the micro-purchase threshold, which is 3000 bucks. So they can, if they just need four hearing aids at the VA, for example, they can walk down to you know, Staples. Not Staples. <laughs> they can walk down to Walmart or whatever and just buy them. So, or they can buy them from a small business, or they can buy them on the GSA schedule, all of those things. But as you get into the weeds on the uh, USA spending site, you can download. You look down in the corner there after it gives you a report. I, I believe it's in the right-hand corner. It says download or export, I think is the right word. Yep, and it will download, download an, yeah, an Excel spreadsheet. And in that are all kinds of codes that tell you where's the, what's the address of the contracting office that bought it. What was, was, it, was it set aside without competition? There's certain things that, that you know, only one company makes that they – and, again, there's a podcast number 17 talks about what's called a justification and approval and explains that whole process of how – and, again, this podcast is free. Please go listen to it. And that whole process of how contracts are awarded without competition. So there's a lot of data that you can access for free to help you understand these questions. Very cool. So let's kind of get back up to the basics a little bit. What are government contracts, and you know, why would a small business owner want to um, consider this as a possible revenue stream? Well, the, the easy, the easy answer. I have the easy answer, and a longer answer. The easy answer is that it's huge. I mean, that's that's what everybody hears, and that's that's one of the, the frustrations with it is it's good news and bad news. In fact, it's the first chapter of my book is I talk about the good news is it's huge, the bad news is it's huge. It's kind of like walking into Walmart and saying, I'm going to buy something. There's risk in that. You've got to decide what you're going to do. So the good news is inside that, in fact, I wrote a blog post comparing the overall government market to the stock market, is that we base the, the Dow on 3,000 – or sorry, 30 companies out of whatever, looks like 3,900 companies that are in just the, the overall stock market. So we're looking at one little piece of it, right? So what think of it is, is the stock market is actually a bunch of smaller markets all mixed together. So if you understand that concept, just the same reason you have a diversified portfolio, think in the government market's the same way. It's not one giant checkbook. It's lots and lots of small. It's 100 and, I think 182 different agencies that buy stuff. Okay, the ones you hear about in the news are the Department of Defense and that kind of stuff. But there's the Railroad Retirement Fund. There's a thrift savings account. There's just all kinds of little ones. So as you nick down what you do, like the hearing aids, I'll bet, I'm guessing here, I'll look at the same screen, I'm guessing that the hearing aids probably bought mostly by the VA or maybe the military or maybe the Health and Human Services 
lots of different agencies you might buy that. So you can really diversify yourself down to smaller agencies who buy enough of your stuff. And then the other really the thing I like about it a lot is that it's scalable, like, like I talked about before, is that once you understand the, the nuance of how it works, how you get paid, how you compete, a lot of those rules, like this, it's called the Federal Acquisition Regulation runs this thing, right? Well, each agency has their nuance of that, but that overall regulation applies to the entire federal process. So one part, I'm getting into the weeds a little bit here, but part 15 is the competition of contracts. That applies to every government agency. So in other words, what you do in this agency, once you master it with the VA, you can probably go replicate a lot of that in health and human services. So the, the scalability of it is, is it, as a small business owner is, is really good. And then the other side, the fourth thing that's really good about it is that it tends to run counter to the overall economy. So in 08, things were not so great on the commercial side, but the government was spending money. And whether you agree with that or not, I mean, that's not like I'd start the political discussion on that, but it's just, that's just the way it is. I mean, that's the, the, the pendulum swing. Now, right now, one could argue that the government is not spending as much, nor should it be. That's another political discussion there. But the reality is that commercial market's better. So now is actually – one of the things that I talk about is now is a good time to be entering because most people are saying, you know what, I don't need the government market. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay in the commercial side. Well, five years from now or whatever the number is when we have the next recession, you, you want to already be in the government space because once you've built those relationships and once you've gotten – you've learned the process to compete for work, you're going to be in a better position because you diversify yourself. So that's, that's probably one of the biggest reasons. But, again, you don't figure that out in you know, two hours. It, it takes a while to get there. Yeah. So what exactly is a contracting officer? Is that somebody you have a relationship with? Is that somebody who guides you through the process? Or is it, are there multiple contracting officers you gotta you got to encounter along the way? Uh, to, so the contracting officer, and, and again, for the really long version, to go to podcast number seven. The contracting officer is someone who spends our tax dollars. It's somebody who's, who's authorized to sign a U.S. government contract. And each agency has their rules on how you get that. Some, for, for the Department of Defense, for example, this is someone who probably has five to ten years experience managing government contracts. They've sat before a board and have test, tested their, their judgment. They usually have to have at least an undergraduate, sometimes master's degree. And there's all these little nuances to it. But what you really care about, they're the one who signs the contract. And okay. the combination of that person, they're, they're the one who actually interacts with industry. So you, let me show you what the chain looks like. Special Operations Command. It's the easiest one to get. So the Navy SEAL needs a dry suit. The Navy SEAL talks to his program manager and says, I need more of these dry suits. We need to find out how to get another contract to, to get more dry suits because I'm jumping into the ocean in places where I need a dry suit to keep me warm. That program manager then talks to the contracting officer and says, okay, I need to interact with industry and say, what's out there? We need to do some market research to figure out what type of dry suits can we get how is this, is this a commercial item? How are we going to compete it? And then the combination of that contracting officer with the program manager essentially come up with a business case, which turns into a requirement, which turns into an RFP, which then industry sees and competes for and wins. And then the contracting officer signs that contract. So essentially there's a guy who needs it, i.e. in this case the Navy SEAL, and there's a guy who understands the overall requirement and manages the, the process to get him that that's the program manager. And there's a person who, a guy or gal, there's a person who interacts with the actual industry who makes the thing, that's the contracting officer. So it's kind of like your entry point as, as the industry person making the hearing aids. You're, that contracting officer is the person you're talking to every day to get access to sell him the hearing aids so he can hand them to the user. Very cool. So you spent, um, Kevin, I think it was 16 years doing this. What are some of the, what are some of the unique or cool things that you've bought as a contracting officer? 
Also, the, my most favorite one was the Gulfstream 5 that are the aircraft. They're part of the vice president. Oh, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> that was a fun one. But, I mean, and that's a big major system program. But some of the more interesting things were training simulators and ATVs for, for Navy SEALs and, and all the folks at Special Operations Command and R&D services for lasers to figure out how to make lasers not hurt the, the eyes of a pilot on an aircraft to testing services, moved the library, bought body armor, bought a helmet-mounted recording system, I bought individual like R&D services and grounds maintenance services and phased array radar support and software development. Just Because, again, the government buys everything. And, and here's the cool part, and I talk about this on the podcast. I'm my Paul, who's the, the co-host, Paul and I are two contracting officers out of thousands, right? And while we have lots of cool experience and we've touched lots of different types of contracts, we're still only a small part of all the stuff that's bought. For example, I didn't work at the General Services Administration, and they buy a lot of stuff. So we're actually in the process of getting a guest on the Coaching Officer Podcast from the GSA who can tell their story. And I can tell you how the GSA buys. I can tell you what they buy. But to get the perspective of this is a person who, just like me, I mean, I actually have signed contracts for body armor. So if you tell me that this is how the process for competing for body armor works, I'm telling you I, I've done it. <laughs> this is how it works. That unique perspective is is what we bring to, to not only the book and the podcast, but also to our clients. Well, how, how exactly does the government market work? Again, I, I keep thinking of a time factor. I mean, just the amount of available time I have in a day. I, 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 if I was to, even if you tell me, Jim, this is the easiest thing you should go after this, I'm like, mm, I don't know. It seems like a big time-intensive ordeal. Or am I, am I overstating it? No, you're, you're, you're spot on. You're, you're, the reason that I wrote the book, and the reason it's called Save Your Time, is because I understand that time is the ultimate equalizer for I would I would say pretty much any business owner or any any person in business honestly. So understanding where you spend your time is a big deal, and a lot of people don't understand how much time it can take just to understand how the figuring out go to USA Spending and figure out how your target agency. So for example, let's say you want to sell to McDill Air Force Base in Florida, and this is this actually happened. So they built a. Uh, a parking deck, a parking garage for one of the facilities there. And they built it on the base, right? So everybody who wants to be bidding on that contract for building this parking deck is knocking on the door, trying to get on base, trying to talk to the civil engineering people at the base. However, what they don't understand, because, again, this is the time part, that contract was awarded by the Army Corps of Engineers, which handles major construction projects like that, right? The Army Corps of Engineers, people who bought that particular parking deck, happened to be in Mobile, Alabama, because it's a regional thing. It's on McGill Air Force Base in Tampa, Florida, but the people who actually make the decisions to sign the contracts are in Alabama. So learning that process takes time, and that's what I mean by, yes, it, it, it's not something you just, in fact, I have a chapter in my book called you know, The Punishes Dabblers. If you dabble in this market, you're going to get frustrated. So that's, and again, that's why I wrote the book, is for them to be able to read it and say, you know what, I, I, it's not for me. There's lots of reasons to be in it, and I could you know, go on about that. I mean, as you can tell, I'm passionate about the, the, what, all the cool things you can do as a government contractor, all the problems you can solve, and people you can help. I mean, it's, it's, it's phenomenal how many cool contracts not only I've done, but some of our clients have won contracts you know, helping, helping veterans and helping with you know, medical staffing for places all over the world and helping and ISIS not be able to do the all things ISIS wants to do. And there's lots of cool stuff you can do, but before you even get to that point, Spend the time to figure out, do I have the time? As a, as a business owner, as a, as a salesman, whatever your, your position is, do I have the time to invest in this? Because I can tell you, it's going to take you, if I had to pick a number, I'd say it's going to take you at least a few months of understanding, and then I could say you 
depending on what you, I and mean, if you're in services, you can get a subcontract. There's nuances to it, but effectively, you're looking at nine months to a year before you start to see any, any ROI, and that's a that's wow. a big road for people. That really is. Now, your company, um, Skyway Acquisition Solutions, do you, I mean, do you actually shepherd people through the process? Do you kind of take it over for them so they can keep co-running their business and you'll go investigate or, or secure contracts, or what exactly do you do there? Essentially what we do is, yeah, we help, we help shepherd people through the process. Our, our real focus is helping companies find, compete, and win. That's the, the, the three basic tenets of what we do. We also have a community. It's called the Skyway Connection Community that people can join and just ask questions. We have an Ask a Contracting Officer forum in there. I have training webinars that we do. It's like we have one that's coming up today. So we spend a lot of time educating people in the process. And then when they need help with, I don't know what my SAM registration should look like. I don't know. This RFP came out. Should I go after it? We have an RFP scoring tool in the, inside the community. So people can actually look at the 21 questions we wish they would have asked before they bid on stuff. And it literally scores things. So they can say, I scored a 20, it's a 1 out of 100 is the scoring. So they end up with, say, a 20, and they say, you know what, I shouldn't go after this. And it goes back to that time thing. If you know what not to chase, then you know what to spend your time chasing. That's a huge uh, advantage. And then, of course, if they need help actually writing their proposals, they need help with the contract administration, we do all of that. We're, we're essentially a service provider for government contractors. So if you need anything in government space, for the most part, where you can come to for it. But before that, we want you to you know, listen to the podcast, read the book, make that business decision of, does this make sense for my company? And that's my passion is to help people. Because once you understand, once you're all in, then, yeah, we're, we're right behind you. It's going to be phenomenal. But you've got to make that leap first. Hmm. So what's the um, – let's just kind of sum up a little bit here. The, the pros and cons, why would a company want to sell to the government and why would they not want to sell to the government? And the, the biggest one is this, the size of it and the scalability of it and and the, the fact that it's a, dif- a differentiator. That's what I'm looking for, diversity, the fact that it goes counter to the overall uh, commercial market. That's the, the the reasons that you do want to sell. The reasons that you don't want to sell is that there's time commitment and that 80-20 rule. If your business is built on relationships with your customer and you're doing really well at whatever, however you define really well, and it's going to fundamentally change what you do. For example, if you're a, let's say you're, let's say you're an accountant and you have an accounting firm. Yes, the government buys accounting services. In fact, the Defense Contract Audit Agency is always looking for people who understand that process. However, you and I hire our accountant most likely based on relationship, right? Well, writing a proposal in response to an RFP to get that same contract is very different. So changing over to that difference, it, it, could, it could derail your company if you're not careful depending on how big you are. So that's a reason not to do it. Um, another reason not to do it is that it's a, it can be time. It's a huge time commitment depending on how many proposals you go after. If you're, if you're not targeting well, if you haven't decided on which agencies you want to focus on, and, again, that's something we help it with. We have what's called a target market assessment. The actual purpose of that is to help you figure out who your target agencies are. And then on top of that, just it, it's an investment. If, if you're swinging for the fences, if you're, you know, here's a great example – if you've got $300,000 in revenue, or you can get $3 million in revenue, but you don't have a whole lot of free cash flow, it's going to take you, I don't know, let's pick a number, 20 grand probably of, of your time. And if you hire somebody like us, that's fine too. But the reality is you're going to spend your time thinking about it. You're going to spend your time strategizing about it. And you have to have that margin. And that's the part that particularly in, in recent years, people who didn't have a whole lot of margin, they say, oh, well, I can go sell to the government. And you know what? Maybe you can 
if your product is something you can get a GSA schedule for and the government just buys it because it's a product they can just buy from you. But you don't know that until you look. And if you don't know, you you can really harm the health of your company. And that's the reason not to do it. And that's some of the stuff I talk about in the book is understand the risks you're taking and decide accordingly. But there's risk and reward, so. Okay. Now, Kevin, once somebody – let's say somebody goes and invests all the time and, and they get a contract, is it likely to be a thing where it it gets repeated? Like are they then recognized as an approved, secured vendor and we need more of these to so just go here? Or are you always looking for your next uh, contract? Do you know what I mean? Is there repeat business or are you always, are you always looking for the next, the next big order? It's a little bit of both. Yes, there's repeat business. Number one, the, the contract that you win – provided that you don't get so big that you're no longer a small business and can't compete for it, which that's a whole, there's a, just Podcast 28 talks about that phenomenon. But realistically, once you build your relationship, again, this is a relationship for 20%, once you build your relationship with an agency and you've, and you've performed well, now you have what's called past performance. And now when you say, hey, I can do this for this agency, and you've done it successfully, that's a, that's a big deal. That's going to help you a lot. It's also going to go back to the scale track. If you have a contract of, I don't know, for 50 employees to manage an IT system for the Department of Homeland Security, and then you come to the Department of uh, the Army and say, well, they have the same size contract, and you can say, this past performance over here, look what I did. This is how well I can perform with 50 employees. The Army is going to say, you know what, they know what they're doing. You have credibility in, inside the government space, as opposed to somebody who says, oh, trust me, I'll, I've never done it before, but I can probably do it. And that's why past performance is such a big deal. So you can build on that past performance. However, and typical contracting officer answer you'll get a lot of times is it depends. There's also the reality that you have to compete for contracts. Every as as, recent, as, as early as every one year, and more, more likely every five years. So while you did win that contract, you're still going to have to recompete for it. Now, of course, you have a huge advantage because you're the incumbent. You've been doing this for a while. I mean, lots of companies will win the same contract three or four times in a row and have that relationship for 20 years. But you can't just sit on your laurels. I mean, it's, I don't want to make it sound like it's easy. But, yes, it is, it is a huge advantage that once you're in, you can really expand that. And going back to the scalability part, you can expand that extremely well and, and even quickly, depending on uh, how targeted you are and how quickly you can adapt and, and whether or not you have a – like IT services is a huge – how about – here's one, cybersecurity. If you're a cybersecurity company right now, every government agency is worried about that. And if you, if you do a well for one agency – particularly like, say, the Department of Defense or the VA or one that has lots of personnel information, if you show that you can protect that information, now when you go to, you know, pick one, the Department of Justice or the, the, one of the, the Department of State, and you say, look, I've got this experience. I've done this. I can protect this information. That, yeah, that's, that's huge. <laughs> that, that will allow you to grow. Absolutely. Well, we, we are officially out of time. Kevin, what's the um, – give us your website for your podcast again and, and the name of your book. It's really easy, contractingofficerpodcast.com. Easy to find. And if you just Google Kevin James, you'll find it. And the name of the book is Save Your Time, A Former Contracting Officer Explains Why the Federal Market May or May Not Be for You. And honestly, my big request is before you go investing all the time and effort to go check out the market, just read the book and it will help you make your answer. Kevin, thanks a lot, man. This is a different kind of show, but very informative. I'm, I'm sure it got, got, got a lot of heads spinning a little bit, but that's, that's a good thing. And then uh, folks can go check out your book and, and learn more on your show. Thank you very much, Kevin. Well, thank you, Jim, and I apologize for making all the heads spin.
Have a good day. Oh, no worries. Hey, we do that every week. Hey, folks, that wraps yeah, up this do. very special episode of Stick Like Glue Radio with government contract expert Kevin Jans. Stick Like Glue Radio is the only podcast dedicated to helping you create an everlasting bond with your customers so they stay longer, spend more, and refer more. I'm your host, Jim Palmer, your dream business coach. As always, I'm committed to helping you build a more profitable business faster. Watch for another great episode of Stick Like Glue Radio this time next week. Until then, keep taking action, keep moving forward, and don't ever, ever, ever give up. Hey, go out there and do something nice for somebody today. Take care, everybody. You've been listening to Stick Like Glue Radio, the only podcast dedicated to helping you create an everlasting bond with your customers so they stay longer, spend more, and refer more. Stick Like Glue Radio features Jim Palmer's unique brand of smart marketing and business building advice for action-oriented entrepreneurs. To make sure you don't miss a single profit-boosting show, subscribe to this podcast at iTunes and www.getjimpalmer.com. To learn more about Jim's Dream Business Coaching and Mastermind program, visit www.dreambizcoaching.com. That's www.dreambizcoaching.com. If you know other entrepreneurs looking for the fastest way to hire profits in their business, please tell them about the Stick Like Glue radio podcast. Now, go and implement what you've learned and boost your profits. See you next week for more Stick Like Glue radio.